You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. Welcome back, Christians, to another episode of Your Queer Story. We're back, 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 back again, bitches. That's right. And um, I am your favorite sodomite, Evan Jones. Do you even qualify as a sodomite? I don't know. That you I've do. I've done some sodomite things in my life, okay? I would say Maybe. you're... you're... <laughs> A part-time sodomite. Okay, fine. Part-time sodomite. Whatever. I'm still part of the class in any other time period in history or in half the countries in the world, I would be persecuted for being a sodomite. So fuck you. Just because I don't constantly have something up my ass doesn't make me less of a sodomite. And I feel like you're discriminating against me right now. YOLO. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, mm. Well, you're looking at me. What are we talking about? We're ta- what are we talking about today? No, what are we doing right now? We're doing the introduction? Yeah, we're doing an introduction. Okay, and... <laughs> it's been one week, bitch. <laughs> and I am the overly exhausted <laughs> and wonderfully wonderful Paul Hobbs. Okay. Um, anyway, so welcome back to our podcast, and we are still in the throes of Pride Month. I just spent my weekend at the Providence Pride Parade, and it was beautiful. Also went to a block party. Still trying to rock out to those. Yeah, see, I went to a really fun drag competition Friday night where David performed. Uh, Jazz and Master showed up, mm. just out of drag, just showed up to hang out. Oh, wow. Um, Moni Cart also showed up. That was pretty fun. I know you don't know who either of those people nope. are, but they're really good drag queens. Uh, Jazz and Masters is my one of my top three favorites of all time. She's the one who, you, you don't know any of her videos, never mind. Anyways, Jasmine maybe, Masters. Well, maybe our listeners know who she is. Yeah, well, anyways, she was there. I was super excited, starstruck. Um, then Monique Hart came and took her away, and I was sad. Oh, well, how dare you, Monique. It was very sad. Um, yeah, and then David's brother's graduation party was Saturday. Yeah. Very excited for him. And then Sunday we took his dad out to breakfast. So oh, yeah, Father's Day. That's right. Um, happy Father's Day to all of our daddies out there. David did not get me a present for Father's Day, so I'm a little bit upset about that. <laughs> he did it. And what did you get him for Father's Day? I didn't get him shit. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's not Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well then. Um, well, I um, I also didn't get anything for Father's Day. I just want to say, even though I have three fur babies. Three. They didn't get you shit? They didn't get me. Well, they gave me shit. Literally a pile of shit in my basement. That's fine. That's always Other fun. than that, I got nothing. The puppy is a, a lunatic. Oh, you also had your massive conjoined party. Yes, I did. We had our 
our housewarming slash pride slash my birthday slash Samantha's end of year for school because she's a teacher party. Um, it was really good. Laid back, fun, you know, just uh, sitting around a fire, drinking. Well, they were drinking. I was having soda. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I got a nice, we got a cake. My f- good friend Dan is you his birthday. You were so excited about that cake. I was excited because it was cute because Dan is a Latino man. And I am a white man, and we both have birthdays that are like three days apart. And um, our partners, our spouses, are best friends. That's how we all met. So anyways, so every year Dan and I end up celebrating our birthdays together inevitably. And this year I got a marble cake because I'm white and he's brown. And you know what? It was delicious and it was great. Yeah. So... <laughs> We had a good time though, and then we went. Like I said, we went to the uh, the festival and the parade. I bought two dos lesbian period uh, novels. They're um, I'm excited. I just started oh, reading one of them. Period, like like period, like um, stories. You know, they're 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 uh, novels. They're lesbian fiction. time. I'm thinking when you say lesbian period, I'm thinking blood. Oh, you th- okay? Wow. What are we talking? about I meant here? like period dramas. Like in books, they're books. They're two fictional books about this like period like nineteen twenties and nineteen thirties. It's a period of time. Everybody knows this. But you referred to it as a lesbian period. I was like, yes, there they, well, I meant like these lesbian? two period dramas that are about lesbians. Okay, see that. Jesus I Christ! My whole point is, I bought two books, and I'm very excited. I already started reading um, one of them, so I'll give you guys the download on those later. Um, Not the download, the down low. The down low. What? You said the <laughs> download. give you kids the download on that later. <laughs> no, you're not giving them the download. We're not giving illegal pirate links on our website. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? I'll give you a review. Also, I have to, before this month ends, I have to drop my list of queer um, books, movies, and music out there for everyone. I keep meaning to put that article out, and I haven't. Because mm-hmm. there's some good stuff out right now, and you got to check it out. There's a lot out right now, and... Next year, there's going to be even more because yep. guess what? Yep. Gays are here and we are spreading the gay agenda and the queer agenda. Everybody's mm-hmm. spreading the queer agenda. Hallelujah. Did I did I mention bonding the last time we were no. on this? Nope. No. Okay. So I'm going to plug this right now. Um, first of all, somebody stole my story. And this is the truth because <laughs> my, my story pre-transition, I have a little bit of a unique story after I left the cult. Um, about the time it's nothing great no too crazy but it's unique and it's the time that i met paul and it has been me being retold in the the (laughs) series bonding like literally down to the names that they use and i was like what the fuck even the guy's name the best friend's name is peter i was like oh peter and paul okay what are you doing this is ridiculous they've been been stalking your facebook Apparently, like I was watching it and I'm like watching it with Samantha and I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's interesting. Oh, huh. And like finally at one point, Samantha was like doubled over laughing because uh, it was another similarity where she's like, I can't believe they're just like ripping off your life right now. (laughs) It was very insulted, but also it's very good. And what I love about it, so Bonding is about a um, a dominatrix and it is the best current like uh mainstream piece out there that talks about the bdsm community in like the most realistic light i've ever seen like the people are just like the real stuff that happens it's not like this 50 shades of gray bullshit where like you're gonna fall in love with a multi-billionaire and he's gonna end up falling in love with you like that shit doesn't happen it's like 
Unfortunately. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But it's like real shit really happening. It's I really cute, really well done. Very short episodes. It's on Netflix, Bonding. Check it out for our kink listeners and for everybody else that we love. There you go. Yeah. Um, and everybody, don't forget, before Pride Month ends, make sure you check out our merch, our Your Queer Story wonderful pieces of clothing and our beautiful mug that we have on our website mm-hmm. um 10% of all pro- profits go to prism yep. which is the providence youth movement providence student youth movement pro- yeah uh providence student youth movement and um it's great stuff all profit we make minus what we're donating goes directly back into the podcast and the queer community um and yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that I mean the the shop will always be up. It's full time now. We just launched it during Pride Month. It's not only for Pride Month, but if you want to get some good unique gear to wear uh, during Pride Month, you can do that. You can wear it to work. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You if your boss says something, just say you know what I'm queer. Fuck you. That's right. That's I exactly give you full what permission. you should say to your boss. Yes, always. it's worked out well for me in my life. Mm, oh yes, it has. <laughs> I actually just recently changed my boss's background on his computer to a picture of susan boyle that was fun and you did that because no, no, just i was bored he got boiled okay he got boiled <laughs> okay <laughs> still cracking all right so yeah so check that out um follow us on social media i've been doing a series on instagram and my facebook but i'm on instagram eb and j sandwich and i'm on facebook just as evan jones but i'm more likely to add you on instagram no offense but I've been doing a series that has like all the flags and the colors and what they represent and like different definitions. And um, and then, I mean, I post mo- a lot of personal stuff on there. Mm-hmm. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's EB&J Sandwich. And you can follow Paul on... Anywhere at the Paul Hobbs because there can only be one. That's right. He's just capitalized on that name everywhere. Well, all look, platforms. Well, listen, if you look up Paul Hobbs, you're going to get Paul Hobbs wine. Yeah, we know about the Paul Hobbs so, wine. I have to, I also, by the way, Paul Hobbs wine, if you're listening, I own PaulHobbsWine.com. You can buy it from me. <laughs> I'm going to make them crawl to you. <laughs> I was petty and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy this. <laughs> you are a petty bitch. You are. <laughs> they own PaulHobbsWines.com, but not PaulHobbsWine.com. Wine. There you go. So if you don't want gay porn to pop up on there, the people right. trying to buy your wine seeing gay porn, reach out to me. There you go. So <laughs> follow us on social media. <laughs> donate. Uh, or not donate um check check out our merch and uh, we've got a long episode today so we should probably jump in it and before we get started we want to give you a massive trigger warning we are covering the holocaust Mm -hmm. horrible deaths of millions of people torture abuse and just the worst things you could ever possibly imagine happening to a human being. So before we get started, please take that in consideration. If this episode isn't for you, we totally understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but we believe that it's very important to um, spread this queer story because if you don't know your history, it's bound to repeat itself. Yes. And you are going, if you're paying attention, you're going to see a lot of similarities between now, then and now. A lot of them. So... Yeah, it's important, like you said, it's important to know your queer history, but trigger warning. All right, so without further ado, the Triangles of Death, also known as the Pink Triangle, although we'll talk about a couple triangles. Uh, Today we discuss one of the darkest times in our world history, a time when several minority groups were singled out and persecuted by an evil regime. And as has so often been the case, our queer siblings were among the persecuted. 
As you mingled in a pride festival this past month or waved your hands at passing parades, perhaps as you marched in a parade yourself, you most certainly saw a few upside-down pink triangles, either on banners or small pins worn on jackets and t-shirts, often accompanied with the phrase, silence equals death. And perhaps you wondered what these pins symbolized, or maybe you knew they stemmed from the concentration camps during World War II. Either way, today we are going on a journey back in time and across the ocean to Germany, 1933. A crowded stadium resounded in cheers as the new Chancellor of Germany stepped up to the microphone. It was January 30th, 1933, and the Nazi party had won their election with 230 votes, almost double that of any other party. A small man with an atrocious mustache, it was ugly as fuck, (laughs) stepped forward and began to address the crowd. As his brief speech hit its peak, he cried, Pheasants, Werkers, and Burgois. No, we listened to this before. Burgoyce. Whatever. Peasants, Werkers, and Burgois must all join together to provide the building blocks for the new Reich. The government will therefore regard it as its first and foremost duty to reestablish Walt's Wolfenschrasch, <laughs> the unity of spirit and will of our walk. It will preserve and defend the foundations upon which the power of our nation rests. It will extend its strong protection hand over Christianity as the basis of our entire morality, and the family as the gem cell of the body of our walk and state. It will reawaken in our walk. Beyond the borders of rank and class, its sense of national and political unity and its resultant duties, it will establish reverence for our great past and pride in our old traditions as the basis for the education of our German youth. It will declare a merciless war against spiritual, political, and cultural nihilism. Germany must not and will not down in anarchistic communism. Wow, really good. Very proud of you. You're so German. And you know what? You're white and you're blonde and you have blue eyes. So really, you're the perfect <laughs> specimen for them. If only you weren't a sodomite. Yeah, right? I, yeah, I could have made it. You, you could have. You, you would have. Um, so, I mean, it, it was a lot there. But really, when you break this down, um, Hitler's getting up and he's tell, talking to people about how we're going to return. I'm doing a, a southern. We're going to make Germany great again. Make Germany great again. We're going to return back to our old ways, our the Christian old past, ways. our Christian ways, which is interesting because I don't know about you, probably not, because I was just told a shitload of lies growing up. But like we were told that like Hitler was an atheist and he was very anti God and Jesus. I feel like maybe. That sounds familiar. I could be wrong, but now that you bring that up, I like it just clicked something in my head where I feel yeah. like that's what I may, my history book may have said yeah. too. Yeah, I, I I don't know. But definitely I, Christianity was not mentioned. Oh in yeah, any way, definitely shape, not. Or, no, I mean I was taught very strictly that he was an atheist and he hated Jesus. Like even stories so far as to be like he worshipped Satan and one day the the SS officers walked in and he was floating above the bed and he was chanting satanic rituals. You know what, I recently had someone tell me, they're like, you know, Muslims are way crazier than Christians. Christians would never do anything like Muslims do. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Here we have a Christian. here we are, bitch. Christians actually caused World War, not Christians, but Mm -hmm. a Christian man. Yeah. 
caused millions of people to be. Oh, you can. I mean, Christianity. Minus, take, if you don't even take into account the year, the medieval times, and <laughs> all of the crusades and the rapes and the murders yeah. and the beheadings and the Before government then. overthrows. If you just take into account Hitler, yeah, that alone is enough to fucking that alone. And what people do, and so well, big part of what we're going to talk about today is Hitler using this um, old. This uh, we're going to return to the old ways narrative, which if you follow the current IFB, um, then um, the extremists in America, one of their things is the old paths, mm-hmm. right? They want to get us back to the old days, the good old days. When the straight white people had all the say of everything like they do now, but everybody else had to be quiet. Exactly. So then that was what, so Hitler was running on, he ran on very much a Christian platform and the, this moral platform. And that's what justified what he did to the, the Jews, but also to the homosexuals. I mean, that's what justified it. It was like, we're doing this because Jesus wants us to do right, it. Right. Which by the way, right now it's actually a pretty terrifying time because in a lot of European countries and like in Italy and stuff, uh, far right parties are winning the elections. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened last time? Yep. Italy had a far right person in charge yep and we see the rise of all of these nationalist people mm-hmm. and what happens every time nationalist takes over everybody if everybody has a nationalist person in charge and everybody thinks they're better than everybody else what's gonna happen people exactly concentration camps weren't gonna fucking happen we saw it happen before we got to pay the fuck attention we have concentration camps in the united states right now we do today yes we do absolutely we do we know we do We're, we call it ice but we, yeah yeah we have it so the you know so the whole thing is that you know so I just want to remind people as we're getting into this like this Hitler did this on a running on a this is what's morally right mm-hmm. so when you hear leaders talk about what's morally right and how we need to return back to the old ways you better pay the fuck attention because the old ways means you're about to get fucked in the ass and not, not in, in a, a good, good way. way. So the stands thundered with applause and adoration. Finally, a hero to save the Christian population from the threats to their nation. Of course, we know the biggest threat to their spiritual revamping was the Jews. And in the following decades, over two-thirds of Jewish individuals living in Europe would be killed by the Nazis. Two-thirds of those living in Europe. Not Germany, Europe. That's a lot of fucking land, people. Yeah, yeah. The rest would be rounded up and imprisoned in horrendous concentration camps. These would be their homes for over 10 years as they suffered incredible physical abuse, forced labor, tortured, and every indignity known to man. But while the Jews were the primary target, there were the other groups who also suffered at the hands of evil. They were called undesirables and their undesirable traits were marked on their clothing with colored upside down triangles. Red was for political prisoners, green for criminals, blue for immigrants, purple for Jehovah's Witnesses, brown for gypsies, black for antisocials, and pink for homosexuals. If an individual was a Jew, their upside-down triangle would overlap a right-side-up yellow triangle. So, for instance, a Jewish homosexual would have an inverted pink triangle over top of a standard yellow one. Hey Christians, today's episode is brought to you by Honey, the incredible browser extension. Honey searches the web for you and automatically applies the best coupons to your order. I have personally saved a ton of money using this extension. When we upgraded our audio equipment, we saved around $20. That was just one purchase. The average Honey user saves $30. How could Honey be any better, you ask? Honey now offers exclusive 
coupons for the Your Queer Story merch shop. So make sure you check it out while you're shopping for your new swag. To learn more, visit yourqueerstory.com slash honey. Again, that's yourqueerstory.com slash honey. So the pink triangle is the most commonly known symbol and is the basis of our subject today. However, the black triangle was also used in the queer community. Ansa on the queer community. Antisocials was a term given to lesbians, bisexual women, sex workers, and transgender men. It was also attributed to murderers, thieves, and Aryans who had sexual relationships with Jews. The majority of these individuals went to the camps, but some avoided them depending on their activism in other areas and their defiance of the Third Reich. However, even if allowed to live in Germany as so-called free individuals, they still faced harsh social isolation and discrimination, helped by a biased stigma literally stitched to the front of their clothing. And the term antisocial which kind of just became a catch-all. It was like, if we can't fit you in one of the other boxes, mm-hmm. we'll just label you an antisocial. Right. If you're not in any of these boxes, but we, we don't like you, you're an antisocial. Exactly. So they could throw anyone in there. And um, there's a lot of like discussion about whether lesbians should be considered as part of the Holocaust survivors, but the, because they weren't treated the way that gay men were. But they were still treated horribly. And many of them, especially, like I said, if you were like a staunch feminist, if you called out um, uh, Hitler. And of course, remember, if you're a woman who's Jewish and you're a lesbian, bisexual, um, then you're going to still face the same atrocities. So uh, it wasn't the targeted towards gay men the same way, but they still face right. incredible. Um, they still they still face a lot of face a lot of the same horrors. Just a few weeks after Hitler Hitler took over, the first concentration camp opened in Dachau in March of 33. This camp was designed for red triangles, which again were political prisoners. While the camps were classified as prisons, in reality they had no outside supervision or judicial review, which means they were often just used as killing camps. The Holocaust Encyclopedia writes of the following purposes of the camps. 1. To incarcerate people from whom the Nazi regime perceived to be a security threat. Two, to eliminate, aka kill, individuals and small targeted groups of individuals by murder away from the public and judicial review. Three, to exploit forced labor of the prisoner population. This purpose grew out of a labor shortage. And a lot of times the camps would be used, I don't know if you have this in here, the camps would be used to manufacture weapons, ammunition, um, supplies for the army that was holding them hostage. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned it very briefly later on, but yeah, it's like you're literally building the the tanks and the missiles and the the guns, the bullets, that are, everything. Yeah, that are later they're going to be used to keep you a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Like, can you? I couldn't imagine like a more terrible feeling putting something mm-hmm. together that you know is being used to put you in the situation you're now in. And it's going yeah. to be used to put other people in the situation you're now in. Yeah. It's basically like building the fence or digging your own grave. Right. You know, it really thing. is. Yeah. And which they also dug their oh, own Oh, all graves. the time. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Who else was going to dig them? <laughs> Not the guards. No. The lie that concentration camps were built to keep the German people safe is, a, is as audacious as the lie of American private prisons, supposedly allowed only in order to ease the burden of the government. Or that ICE is merely trying to control the border crisis and not, in fact, facilitating ethnic cleansing. Just as Hitler's people promoted a propaganda that the prisoners were well-treated and in good health, so we see a repeat of these patterns in various parts of the world today. In fact, the Nazis even went so far as to establish 
Thersenstadt, Thersenstadt, which was a hybrid concentration camp that served as kind of a way station for individuals on their way to the killing camps. It also housed prominent elderly Jews and was used to deceive the public into a false perception of the camps. While several thousand Jews and prisoners did die at Thersenstadt, it was nothing compared to the horrors of the other camps. So that was the one that they would show, like the Red Cross, and whenever the United States—not well, yeah, the United Nations when they would mm-hmm. come, um, and you know, or was the United? Yes, it was formed. It was formed in uh, nineteen. Was it formed after World War One? World War One. Yeah. yeah, I thought so. Yeah. So, but anybody that like other countries that were expressing concerns, they would bring them there and say, "See, it's not that bad. You know, we keep them in good health." Right. And if that's all you see, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna think, especially without the internet or modern technology that allows yeah. you to know more. You're not gonna think, "Oh, I need to further investigate this." You're gonna see this camp and be like, "Okay, well, I mean, it sucks, but I guess it's not that bad." Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And they would take pictures of Hitler walking through the camp, smiling and talking to the prisoners, like, "Hey, how you doing?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, and you're like, "You better fucking smile in this picture, or you're gonna exactly. die right here on this fucking day." Exactly. So yeah, it's uh, all propaganda. And this is randomly gonna throw this in here, but it's bringing back memories. I remember as a child watching Schindler's List. Yeah, and I mean as a child before I was a teenager, and while. Uh, my mom showed it to me and I think a lot of people would be terrified to show their children that but because have you ever seen it Schindler's yes. List um, yeah. as a child it's really traumatizing it is a really fucked up thing to see but I believe that seeing that and understanding that allowed me to grow up with a more um, like just knowing like more history and knowing um this shit's real and it's going to happen if we yeah. don't spread equality and love and and be loud. And I, it was something that really affected my view on how I treat people and how yeah. people should be treated. Well, your empathy. Yeah. Empathy. Help to cultivate in- yeah. empathy because like we don't want to show our kids these things. And I, I mean, I do think that you should be careful what you show your children, but also hiding history from your kids isn't going to help anyone. Right. Eventually, they're going to find the history. It's just how are they going to perceive it now that they're an adult? Now right, that exactly. All these other ideas drilled in their head. Exactly. So if you haven't already watched Schindler's List, going to give yeah. them a free shout out. It was a it was a movie that really opened my eyes to a lot of things as a child, <laughs> that the world is not this peaceful, happy place that we can just pretend nothing ever happened. Exactly. Yeah. And and make them aware of what's going on now. Absolutely. Like, show the them comparisons, now. The, the comparisons. Between you know what we should ice, do? Yeah. What? Within the next few months, because I know we're really busy right now, we yeah. should do like a comparison. Yeah. And say like then and now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm for that. Well, things. even in just the propaganda, like you see ICE, like they released something after like the third person died in their fucking custody in the last couple months. And they're, oh, and uh, it was a child that mm-hmm. died, you know, and on top of the thousand, you know, the hundreds of kids that they lost. And they, 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 they show a picture of like some girl gardening in a detention, a detention center, so-called. And they're like, see, we take good care of everyone. We're like. Bitch, we know that's not what's happening. Stop right. fucking trying to play but us all the that peop- shit. But all the people who want to believe it now mm-hmm. have an excuse to say, oh, see, look, I told you. Yeah, right? Yeah, see the Jews over in their nice concentration camp? It's okay. They're all happy. It's they're not s- that bad. They're smiling. They have a place to be now where they can all be together. Exactly. Where those people can be there where they deserve, you know. They're not like us, so they should be there anyways, but at least they all get to be together. It's better for them. 
Um, going back to the story, <laughs> uh, this is exactly the kind of propaganda that the German people that led the German people into believing the enslavement and persecution of others was justified, um, which was the camp that they like the uh, display camp that there, they had basically there and stop whatever. Even morally accepted and required for the good of the nation. Oh. That, well, that the enslavement, because it wasn't just that this enslavement was justified. It was it was good. It was morally acceptable, and it was going to make us all better as a country. Right. So this is why when homosexuals were declared as sexual deviants, predators, pedophiles, rapists, etc., the public felt it was only safe to brand these individuals and throw them to the camps. Because remember, again, there's this nice, peaceful camp. It's not that bad. No. But it wasn't as if these laws hadn't been on the books for decades. Since 1871, Germany had declared in paragraph 175 of the Unification Act that unnatural indecency was illegal. This was later clarified in 1877 to mean those who engaged in intercourse with someone of the same sex. But even though these laws were in place, Germany itself was quite a hotbed of sexual revolution. Berlin in particular was oozing with queerness. In 1896, the first gay magazine in the world was published by German Adolf Brand entitled Der Eugene. <laughs> I don't know. Der Eugene, the self-owning. It sold approximately... It sold to approximately 1,500 people a month. A year later, Magnus Hirschfeld, one day we will cover him, I promise. I've been saying that literally since the first episode. <laughs> Magnus Hirschfeld established the Institute of the Science of Sexuality, which was devoted to understanding sexual orientations and gender identity, and was in fact one of the original pioneers in transgender studies. It was Hirschfeld himself who coined the term transsexual. In addition, the Institute also founded the Scientific Humanitarian Committee, committee which was one of the first organizations to ever lobby for queer rights the city was so lgbtq friendly that by the 1920s it was considered the gay capital of europe and the institute was also one of the biggest employers of queer individuals especially transgender people That's like so awesome yeah this was like one of the few places that you could go mm -hmm. and not only could you be open and find treatment but you could also get a job and you could excel at your job exactly and so it was like it was a very very gay very gay place. Sounds like America. Yeah, exactly. Sounds mm. like America. But of course, all that would begin to fall with the rise of Hitler. Sounds like America. <laughs> One of Hitler's first acts was to order the editor of Dereijin's house searched and ransacked. All of Brand's publishing materials were confiscated as well as his financial assets. He was then harassed and beaten into publicly declaring that he was ending his activism for gay and bisexual men. In February, the Nazis moved on to gay clubs and any other kind of queer organization or group. By March, they were raiding the Institute of the Study of Sexuality. Head administrator Kurt Hiller was severely beaten and then sent off to the camps. Later, he had managed to escape and flee to London. Yeah, so they just went on beginning of 1933, like right after Hitler, like, I mean, he's inaugurated in January 30th. And mm -hmm. like immediately in February, he's raiding the clubs, he's clamping down. And all of a sudden, a paragraph 175, which had been established since the 1870s, and nobody had paid any attention to it. Right, it's like, just hey, that law that was fucking Yeah, and, that was just yeah. on the books. Like, whatever, we don't follow that law. All of a sudden, he's using that to clamp down and say, we've got we've got to get these homosexuals in line. And that's why there, with states, even though the Supreme Court federally ruled in 2003 that you couldn't 
you know, prosecute someone. Two thousand three, by the way, keep that number exactly. In mind that homosexuality. Year. There are states that still have sodomy laws on the books, mm-hmm. and it, that's why it's so important that they be repealed. Because if we ever get an asshole in the presidency, I don't know how that could happen. That decides that it becomes a state right issue. You could be fucked. And not okay. in a good way. And not in a good way. You could literally be fucked, thrown in prison, and then fucked again. Exactly. When you drop the soap. And none of it's in a good way. Right. Magnus Hirschfeld was still considered a respected scientist, though Hitler's patience for Magnus' sex research was wearing thin. In May of 1933, while Magnus was on a business trip to Switzerland, the institute was raided again. This time, over 25,000 books, journals, and pictures were burned in the streets. And that is information that we will never get back as back then they didn't have the internet where they could store large amounts of backups and data so that's just gone and this was information that was centuries of research Mm -hmm. that hirschfeld had meticulously like um collected and and put together and made you know and like um interpreted and made accessible to the public so this wasn't just like his journals like this was before so like when we say when people say that transgender people are new or that uh, homosexuals haven't been around forever. I never heard of a transgender person back in my day. (laughs) When I was young they didn't have trans people. I don't know what this new trend is. When they say things like that or when they say that we didn't have homosexuals back when like that's not true but again and again in history this has happened to us but once again one of the largest libraries in the world of queer research is burned in the streets. Imagine if we had that information. Imagine if we did. There's stuff in there that could have been understood. I mean, we didn't have the science. They didn't have the science back then, but there may have been things that they discovered that we don't know exist because oh, it yeah. was burned. It, I mean, it hindered us so great. Like they were making such progress in trans medicine and in just in medicine and understanding in general. Mm-hmm. And it was all set back decades. So as Joseph Goebbels. Goebbels. But mm-hmm. I, I, it's not my fault that his name spelled like shit. How does it say? Goebbels. As Joseph Goebbels, who was the head of propaganda, gave an invigorating speech about the evils of homosexuality to a gathering crowd. What? Oh, I, because we stopped in the middle of the thought. It was they were burned in the streets as Joseph Goebbels gave a okay. speech. <laughs> so those books were burned as Joseph Goebbels, who was the head of uh, propaganda, gave an invigorating speech about the evils of homosexuality to a gathering crowd. At this point, any of the staff, several of whom were transgender, that weren't rounded up by the Nazis fled the Institute in Germany altogether. It is important to remind everyone that when far-right bigots declare that transgender people are new or a trend, the majority of research that had been gathered and placed in the Institute's library was destroyed. Hundreds of years of documentation that Hirschfeld had gathered around the world, thousands of studies, countless personal stories, and verified accounts, all burned and, sus- and suppressed. Our history is not new. It merely lies at the bottom of hateful rubble. Hirschfeld declined to return to Germany. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. It's such a friendly place. Come on back. Come on. We'll have a party for you. And he's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> um, so he understood that Hitler's allegiances were fleeting. And that was only a matter of time before Hirschfeld himself would wind up in the camp, which was an accurate prediction of the temperamental leader. In Ju- on June 30th, 1934, Hitler turned on his own men in the Night of the Long Knives, which is an infamous evening in Nazi history. Ernst Röhm 
was the head of the SA, which was the military branch of the Nazi party. So the SA was first established. That was basic. They were before Hitler. Like it was the, it was the country's like military and the SS, which are like the Nazi henchmen, they would become later with Hitler. So not to be confused with the SS who were Hitler's personal henchmen. Wow. I love when I just say what I'm going to say anyways. Rome was a longtime supporter of Hitler and he was an openly gay man which is why many queer SA soldiers believed they were safe from Hitler's open disdain for queers. Just like, you know, the gays for Trump. Exactly. Like, literally, there's so many comparisons between Rome and people like uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, Aaron Schock, like these these gay men that are so proudly for Trump and free speech and, and all that shit. And it's like, you're Hate literally... speech is not free speech. Exactly. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, Exactly. It's there's it's just like I don't know how people that are so smart can be so fucking stupid. And I think it's this desire to want to be accepted by straight white cis men. Yeah. Like it's just they want to do they'll do whatever they need to to fit in with the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some for some reason they want to. And so they'll sell their soul for it. And that's what Ernst Rom did. And that's what people like Milo Yiannopoulos and Aaron Schock do and other people. The, the whole gays for Trump shit show that it is. So, uh, Rome was a longtime supporter of Hitler. Uh, wait, I already said that. <clears throat> the SA, so uh, they believed they were different because they served the Fuhrer, much the same way that there are LGBTQ people for Trump and Pence. <laughs> the same way we are sure that there are, or at least were, gay supporters of Vladimir Putin and other current homophobic leaders. Siding with those who hate you in order to find validation is nothing new. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why people need validation. I don't care if you like me or not. I'm just gonna put that out there. That's right. Well, at least don't care who you're getting your validation yeah, from. Yeah, uh, yeah. Why would why, the last <laughs> thing I want in the entire world is for Trump to be like, you know, I really like that Paul Hobbs guy. He's really cool. Exactly. The moment would, he does that, my skin would burn if I like if Trump <laughs> just like tweeted me, be like, hey, you're a pretty cool guy. I'd be like, fuck you, you piece of shit. You can go die. I I can't. One of my friends got put in Twitter jail because she told Trump to go kill himself. And I was like, I think that's a bit far. She's like, I don't care. I don't take it back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would never wish death upon anybody, but like, no. fuck you. But uh, yeah. yeah. In fact, it was the essay led by Rome himself who ransacked and burned the Institute of Science of Sexuality. That's, could you imagine? Yeah, right? Like, literally. And what's really crazy about Rome is, like, he was he was openly gay, and he even advocated for, like, gay rights. Like, he, he thought that paragraph 175 was too much. But he was he was the epitome of the self-hating gay that's mm-hmm. like, well, fine, uh, I'm okay because I'm not feminine like those queers and, and trans people, pff, not those folks. Like, Yeah, I'm just, I'm a good white gay Christian man. Right, yeah, I'm just like you. I just I just take it in the ass sometimes. Just like, same, I just really like, you. like to fucking lick some balls and suck a dick every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the essay was riddled with homos, much to Hitler's chagrin, hate. <laughs> when the magazine Der Eisen had been in publication and Adolf Brand had been free, the organization had outed Rome to the public several times. But was but nothing was done and Rome believed that he, that was because he and his men were different, aka white. Yeah. Blogger Bose Newman wrote of this per- perceived difference in a great article linked on our script. Uh remember we uh started including detailed scripts with all of our resources on our yeah. website. The Nazis tolerated gays. Then everything changed. 
Probably because they wouldn't fuck Hitler. <laughs> Newman wrote of Rome. My discussion of Rome is based on the research of Australian historian Eleanor Hancock, author of the 2008 book, Ernest Rome, Hitler's Essay Chief of Staff. As a gay person in a society that identified homosexuals as feminine, after all, we are talking about the Weimar Republic of the 1920s and 30s. He, con he, he consciously cultivated a contrary ideal of a manly homosexual. Masculinity, mask for mask, from his point of view, was based among other traits on courage, honor, decency, discipline, and fraternity. Because feminine gay men have none of that. No, they're definitely Couldn't. not honorable. They're definitely no. not courageous. Mm -mm. They're definitely not decent. They definitely have no discipline. And uh, they definitely don't want to belong to a group of men. That might be true. They might not want to be in a fraternity because fraternities are fucking awful. I would never want to be. I would Unless want to it's be, a gay fraternity. I would want to be in, what are the women fraternities? Are they still called fraternities? Yeah. You would want to be in a woman. I would, I would like that. That'd oh, I think fun. those are just as scary. Have you ever seen some of those? Those girls are, wow. Well, the only one I have for <laughs> references, I think I was watching, I don't, maybe American Horror Story. I was watching something and they had a fraternity and they were like all eating jelly. Yeah. And that, that looks great. That is horrifying. A bunch of white girls sitting around like all their same blonde hair, same link the whole rachel cup and they're like hey come on join our fraternity no that's where the succubus is gonna fucking kill you i am the <laughs> succubus bitch so we should remember in this context that fascist movements in europe as a whole and in nazi germany in particular had their origins in the collective male experience of the trenches of world war one in contrast to manliness rome identified the feminine with cowardice compromise and hypocrisy especially among of especially amongst the burgoy society as well as with pacifism so he would have said fuck you to me he's he, i love how he says that the feminine men are full of hypocrites as he the gay man is burning down a gay institution literally but that's like that's the thing people <laughs> do that kind of shit yeah so the fact that an openly gay man, as bigoted and closed-minded as he was, became one of the highest-ranking officers of the Nazi regime seems astounding from the outside. And Rome was very open, even advocating for sexual freedom. He wrote in his 1928 memoir, The struggle against the Kant, deceit, and hypocrisy of today's society must begin with what is most basic in life, that is, the sexual urges. It is struggle. It is successful. Only then will it... If this struggle is successful, only then will it be possible to rip the mask off the illusions of all of life's social and legal arrangements. I don't know if anybody understood any of that. It doesn't but make any sense. The struggles against the deceit and hypocrisies. Basically, he's saying if we can be honest about our sexual urges, you know, then we can be a more honest society, which is good. But you can't also <laughs> say that and then burn down the building of sexual research. Doesn't right. You can't you can't say that and be like, but not the lesbians and not the feminine gay men and certainly not the transgenders or transsexuals. Only the ones that fit Hitler's image and also like them. only the mask for mask. Right. In his writings, Rome seemed seems as progressive as Hitler did in his public speaking, pretending to walk the line of tolerance as long as individuals didn't didn't violate a moral code. It's like Hitler or not Hitler. <laughs> Sorry, getting them confused. It's like Trump waving the rainbow flag right. or or celebrating Pride Month. Yeah, 
fucking uh, yeah. asshat. Of course, you know, because guess what? That gives you good public image and everybody mm-hmm. who uh, is on the outside of your community can say, see, Trump supports the queer community. He celebrated Pride Month. And all just the- because he, you know, <laughs> instituted the transgender military ban. And just because Stripped he did our healthcare. He did all these other horrible things. He he appreciates the queer community. He yeah. just thinks that he, we need to do things differently in America. That's right. That's right. Where uh, what it muggles for Voldemort. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Hitler even publicly defended Rome to the critics, claiming that the struggling homosexuals were working to fix himself. And when the SA general offered to resign, Hitler waved him off. He actually like did. It was lots of different. Like sometimes when he was in public, Hitler would be would say literally it's so much like Trump because sometimes in public he would be like, um, he's just work, he's just working on himself. He's just working. He's he's going to get his sexual urges under control. And other times when people would talk to him, he would be like, "I don't care if he's gay. I don't care what he does. It doesn't matter to me." Like same thing. You tell people what they want to hear, but beneath it all, we see your fucking shit. So it seemed the fur seemed so tolerant. Yet as Rome watched the, is it Rome? Rome. I'm guessing. Yeah. Rom. It might be Rom. R O E H M. Ernst Rom. Watched the books of the Institution of Sexuality Burn, he could not believe that Hitler was planning to destroy all queers. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Even his devoted gay essay soldiers and their leader. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So at around, and I'm only laughing because these asshats deserved it just as much. I have no sympathy for the essay soldiers. Um, I wouldn't laugh at anyone else killed by by Hitler, but these guys were just as awful as he was. Mm Mm-hmm. So at 4.30 a.m. on June 30th, 1934, SS troops stormed the barracks of the SA soldiers and the hotels of the SA leaders, uh, dragging some of them literally out of the bed of their lovers. One leader in particular, Edmund Hines, and his bedfellow were taken directly outside the whole hotel and executed immediately. Others were dragged to prison cells and later sent to camps. Approximately 85 men were killed that evening, with 1,000 more sent to camps. As for Rome... Hitler fabricated threats of a coup and charged Rom as the Rom as the ringleader. The loyal officer was executed later that day. Though there were a few reasons for Hitler to want the SA stripped down and restructured, one of the core causes was a rampant homosexuality. And actually that was his main reason of justification. So really Hitler They're all fucking each other. Exactly. Well Hitler like publicly, like because Hitler really he needed to the essay was getting out of hand and they were giving him a bad image, so he needed to like strip like restructure them and get them more in line under his power. But when he sold it to the public, he was like, They've they've all just homosexuals. We have we have to have a morally clean society. Right, and that way you get rid of the old army and you have your army in charge. Exactly. Literally. So that's that's exactly what he wanted. Hitler needed a straight white Aryan race, and the queers would only muddy the waters. We want to take a few moments to clarify our stances on a few issues. First, we have no sympathy for these essay officers, regardless of of their fate. These are the same individuals who gleefully rounded up Jewish citizens for the ghettos, who harassed and hounded their fellow, more effeminate, queers, who beat and bloodied anyone who defied the Führer. In fact, the SA was so aggressive that their image had become kind of a problem for Hitler, who was ever the brilliant propagandist, by eliminating some of the troublemakers in the SA and absorbing them under his full command. Hitler killed two birds with one stone. The SA was brought back in line and the homos were gone. The other point we want to make is as we ventured into talk of the concentration camps, 
we realize the Jews are the biggest victims of the Holocaust, no, not just in their numbers, but in their suffering. Many other groups, such as the Jehovah's Witnesses, the antisocials, lesbians, queer women, and gypsies and such, were seen as less of a threat. Many of these people, including gay men, were seen as possible converts, that in time they would change their ways and get on board with Nazism, or even that they could be cured. In fact, some of the early conversion therapy used in the U.S. was from experiments done on German gay men. However, the Jews could not change their race. They could not be cured. They could not be converted. They were the lowest of the low. And because of this vile thinking, some of the Jews who suffered the most were Jewish gay men. In 1935, the Nazis revised paragraph uh, 175 of the 1871 law, which made homosexuality or any expression of homosexuality illegal. The slightest sign of homosexual tendencies, a.k.a. effeminacy, could land a person in jail for a decade. A lustful look, a touch in the wrong place, even a rumor of queer acts was enough to bring the Gestapo to a suspect's home. This included things like, you know, just walking by the street and brushing another man's hand. Yeah. It was like if you looked across someone, like if someone said you looked at them gay. Yeah. The Nazi brutes kept records of possible homos called pink lists. And in the following decade, over 100,000 men were arrested for violating paragraph 175 and at least half were sentenced to prison. Approximately 5,000 to 15,000 of those men were sent off to concentration camps. Those arrested were in addition to the gay Jewish men already imprisoned. So that's that's 5,000 to 15,000 of like German gay men Mm -hmm. that are sent off. And then, like I said, in addition to the Jewish gay men. Once the men arrived at the camps, they were immediately segregated. The Nazis believed that homosexuality was contagious in some things ever change nope. jesus you didn't want to catch the gay no exactly it's like there's the thing there's i'm gonna find out that when he puts my dick in his mouth it's gonna feel way better than anything i've ever experienced and that's <laughs> definitely gonna turn me gay that's definitely it it also equated gays with uh men with uh, uh it also equated gay men with rapists and pedophiles the same fucking stigma the prisoners were branded with the pink triangle on their clothing and were reviled by both the guards and other prisoners. Because, again, that's a homophobia so steeped yep. in a culture, right? It's like we're literally sitting in a concentration camp, like, being treated as scum by the guards. But, oh, there's a gay man over there. Let's round up and give him a hard time. Yep. So, um, Pierre Seal was one of the survivors of the camps instead of the isolation. There was no solidarity for the homosexual prisoners. They belonged to the lowest caste. Other prisoners, even when between themselves, used to target them. Because, again, you always have to have someone lower than you so that you can feel better about yourself. Yeah. Studies from records show that homosexual prison more often received... (laughs) more often received the heaviest of a labor of labor and rarely were put on light duty. This was in line with the extermination through work initiative, which was literally the practice of working select prisoners to death. Those bearing the pink triangle were assigned to Buschenwald and Flossinger. They were there. They mined for granite 12 to 16 hours a day in the extreme heat with little water or food running on the bare minimum of bare minimum of sleep. Later in the war, they were forced to build weapons for the German army. And I want to make it clear for anybody who hasn't done any research or who hasn't seen any information on these types of events. 
when they say they worked for 12 to 16 hours a day, they worked. It wasn't like they worked yeah. a few hours and they got a lunch break. They worked. Rest time, everybody. They did not get rest. And if you stopped and if you were too exhausted to keep going, you literally were on the ground and could not get up. They would shoot you then and there because you were not yeah. working. It was not just a job. Like you were, you would be killed if you stopped. Exactly. And it was you, brutal, yeah. horrible conditions. And that... I can't express that enough there's no days off like there's no um there's no days where you can call in sick right because even like in just regular work i have days where i don't feel good and i just don't perform as good as i did on other days and you would have been shot exactly if i just was like i not don't feel shot well. in the leg you would have been shot in the head and killed exactly you know right you're going to die i i can't and one of your friends would have dug your grave for you yeah and by friend i mean co co whoever's uh, standing yeah, next to you exactly yeah Who's probably become your friend because you've been isolated. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's just like if you hurt yourself, if a boulder falls on you, keep working. Too bad. Your legs crushed. You better figure it the fuck out. If you can't get those next, then uh, rocks mine for the next four hours and then come back tomorrow and do it all over again, you're going to fucking die. Exactly. That's like they said, extermination through work. That was their plan. They didn't care if you died because the whole point was to kill these people off it was, like, it was like it was like they were justifying it like well it's okay if they if they die where they're working it's better than just shooting them even though we're going to shoot them it was like it was yeah. some weird rationale that that they worked people to death it wasn't that, that bad. it wasn't as bad as just taking them out and shooting them even though they did that often and then like we know the stories that were like the camps we could overpopulate it so they would just dig a mass grave and then they would line everybody up in front of the grave and they would just shoot them mm-hmm. and then they would line more people up and shoot them and the bodies would just fall yep. over each other it it's just i don't know how of all the things that humanity has done how we became so depraved to that point but to believe that we could not return to that point that's what's most astounding it's to terrifying me. because Germany before Hitler was a game mecca. It was a place where these people were so free. And I, like we said, you know, we know that the Jewish people were the most affected by this. However, yeah. it goes to show that, you know, when, usually when you see an area where the gay and lesbian and LGBT community are thriving, it's an area that generally is more accepting because. Yes. And to, and it just happened and it didn't it, it just happened because nationalism was on the rise. And it's terrifying me to see how nationalism is rising around the world. Yeah. And I'm not very scared for me right now. I'm scared for, you know, the Mexican people who are being imprisoned. I'm yeah. scared for the countless people in other countries who are being murdered and rounded up. But that's where it starts. Yeah. That's yeah. where it starts. And then slowly slowly they come for other groups of people who don't fit their perceived identity of purity. If you're not outraged by what's happening to people of color in our country, you're not fucking paying attention. If you're not completely Or you don't give a fuck because you think you're safe. You do. You think you're safe, right? You see the transgender women being murdered and you think, oh, that's not me. You see black men being shot down by the police and you think, oh, well, they should have listened. They should have obeyed the law. Oh, my God. You see immigrants being thrown into the concentration camps run by ICE and say, well, they shouldn't have come into the country. You know, you see one thing after another and, you you know, you see see, uh, First Nation Native Americans defending their fucking land and being bold dozed over and being yep. and being uh you know the, the water sprayed onto them as they're freezing and you think well they shouldn't defy the government if that's what you're thinking you're not jesus fuck the gut the germans were the government people 
Absolutely. Like, the Nazis were the government. Jesus. I, what is this fucking thinking? Like We about- have today Nazis forming in groups and marching yeah. as- Down our streets. That should be fucking terrifying. Yeah, exactly. In this whole, it's just free speech. We got to let them have free speech. No, we fucking don't. No, we fucking don't. Hate speech is not free speech. I'll say it again. There's nothing free about hate. There is nothing free about it. Hate is oppression. Gotta wake up, people. Hate is oppression. It is not free speech. Hate speech is the oppression of other forms of free speech. Exactly. You know what I don't get is, like, we're about to celebrate the 4th of July, which was literally us defying the British government. And people will still be like, well, you can't disobey the law. We literally broke away from an entire government and they're like nope this is the united states of america you gotta you gotta make sure we're following everything the constitution was written 200 some odd number years ago Mm -hmm. by people who defied a government by traitors and we are a growing nation the constitution needs to evolve because there are other countries who have been around and have thousands of years of experience we as a country have 200 (laughs) something we need to evolve and if we don't evolve we are going to fail exactly so wake up, people. I hope we're motivating you motherfuckers because we are about. I'm shaking. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, like how much more can you be like, wake the fuck up. This isn't fear mongering. This is like legitimate. You gotta, you better pull your head out your ass, mm-hmm. okay? All right, so when the men, back to the Holocaust, back to this story, back to history that we need to learn so that we don't repeat it. So when the men weren't working, they were often being bullied tortured, beaten, and raped by the prison guards. Many of the men were castrated. Several had their testicles boiled off in hot water. Some were tortured in other ways. Pierre had 25 centimeters of wood shoved up his rectum. Mm. He also watched his lover Joe be torn apart and eaten by starving dogs. In typical homophobe hypocrisy, many of the gay prisoners were used as doll boys, a term used by the guards and the SS officers. They were forced to be sex slaves in exchange for food and protection. Which, okay, you're literally imprisoning these people for being gay and then you're using them as sex slaves. Yeah. You yourself are doing gay acts. Yeah. How does that not, how how does that make any sense? Yep. One survivor, Rudolf Brazda, which also, he has a a memoir out there. I don't know the name, um, but Rudolf Brazda, B-R-A-Z-D-A, told of how he was pulled from the labor camps when a capo, which is a term for a prison guard, uh, it was actually uh, prisoners, usually political prisoners, that were used as guards within the camp. But they, So they were prisoners to themselves, but they were kind of like the Uncle Toms yeah. or whatever. They were. He was a capo, uh, pulled on site, um, saw Brazda, and assigned him to work in the infirmary instead. One day when they were alone, the capo grabbed Brazda and began kissing him. Daily Brazda was assaulted by the guard, but he never spoke a word because the guard kept him from certain death at the quarries. Yeah. Like, what were you going to do? Like, that was yeah. another thing. Like, if you were raped by a guard, you can't go tell anybody this guard's raping tell? me. Right. Who the fuck were you going to tell? Yeah, exactly. But perhaps the most disturbing part of the camps were the experiments. And the this, again, is going to be a trigger warning. Yeah. The Nazis are notorious for the evil and horrific experiments they performed on the Jews, especially children and twins. Mm -hmm. And the homosexuals were no exception to their torture. The doctors had several ideas on how to make the homosexuals straight. Carl Vernet, a 
a back doctor in his civilian. Oh, I'm sorry. That's supposed to say a hack doctor. Because oh. he was, because he had like, he was just such a mediocre doctor that he like couldn't survive in the mm-hmm. civilian world. So they're like, ah, bring him to the camps. Why not? <laughs> um, he headed up one of the most infamous experiments on gay men. He took 17 gay prisoners and surgically inserted an artificial sexual gland into their groin. And of course, there's no, like... No, you just <laughs> cut them open and do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're not getting any painkillers or any... What is it called? Anesthesia? Um, anesthesia, or, yeah. Or, you weren't put under. You literally yeah. were just cut open and fucking experiments yeah. on. The gland would release testosterone periodically. Two men died from infections. A few men claimed the gland made them straight, which I would have fucking done too. Get me the fuck out of here. I'm cured. As, as soon as he starts coming towards me, you're like, you know what? Actually, I am straight. Mm-hmm. Turns out, love women. Oh, my. <laughs> Let me give me a vagina right now. <laughs> right. Overall, experiment. Overall, the experiment was scrapped, but that didn't stop the doctors and guards from trying. Yeah, he was such a shit doctor that he, I mean, obviously you can't put, turn someone straight, but like he was such a shit doctor that even the Germans were like, okay, that's enough of this mess. Mm-hmm. So Heinrich Himmler, a staunch homophobe, and actually he was the, he was really the driver. He was the Mike Pence. Like, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Hitler is just the dumb, like, not, I want to say he's a dumb fuck, but like, he's the guy that's just telling people what they want to hear. But Heinrich Himmler was the one that was really pushing the, um, the persecution of the homosexuals. The similarities are terrifying. What? The similarities are terrifying. Yeah, t- right? I know, right? Exactly. Like, he's the one who's always lur- lurking in the background, just mm-hmm. stoic standing there. And he was the one who really pushed Hitler to execute Ernst Röhm. Because Hitler probably wouldn't have killed Röhm. But Himmler was like, no, we've, we've got to, we've got to pur- purge us mm-hmm. and purify our race. So he ordered the pink triangles, so the men wearing the pink triangles, to have sex with the camp's female sex slaves once a week. In almost every concentration camp, there was a brothel where Jewish women and lesbian women were assigned as sex slaves. Male prisoners, gay and straight, were so-called rewarded by being forced to have sex with the women. Often the acts were performed in front of a group of onlooking guards who jeered and taunted the prisoners. That's your reward for doing a good job. And if a man couldn't get it up, he was dragged away and beaten, and often he was killed, Mm -hmm. which was really ridiculous because even if you're straight as hell mm-hmm. like you've just worked 12 hours in a camp like carrying boulders Literally, of you're eating you're like water nothing. with maybe a half a slice of bread these people were so skinny every single bone exactly. was visible there was no way they had any energy for any like anything to barely walk there and then you're being dragged they probably a group couldn't of people sitting around and they're like all right fuck this girl and you're just like, like you're just supposed to perform, right? Mm-hmm. So while the sex therapy was a good time for Himmler and his SS goons, the idea of turning homosexuals straight through sex conversion therapy was an honest belief considered as legitimate research. Like they literally thought, like, like they were making fun of the, the Jewish men, but the homosexuals are like, no, this would be good for you. Like, well, I get a couple of vaginas on your dick and you're definitely You'll going to be definitely straight. Definitely never want another You dick. never thought of that. That's your problem. You mm-hmm. never thought of it. Yep. Also, like, think of the horror of these women. So, like I said, like lesbian women, asexual or asocial women were used as the sex slaves. So, like, you're put in, you're already living in a camp right. and every day you have to spend 12 hours in the camp brothel. So another experiment performed on gay prisoners had nothing to do with curing their sexuality. It was designed to find a cure for typhus fever because who else better to try it on? Right. 
which left the prisoners with a fevers, headaches, and a rash, and they were still expected to work their regular shifts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everything uh, eventually leading to delirium and finally death. They also placed the men under sun lamps so hot it burned their skin and caused them to pass out. The men were then cooled until they woke and the experiment started all over again. The point of this latter study is there, if there was a point, is unknown. Yeah, I couldn't find out why they did that, but they did it. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, this was all in addition to the daily suffering within the camps. The lack of food, the overcrowded quarters, the rampant lice, rats, and bugs, the stench of death that pervaded the air, the cruel guards who often used the prisoners' triangles as target practice, the freezing winters and the blistering hot summers, the loneliness and despair, millions of people slaughtered, starved, or worked to death simply for who they were, simply because they did not fit into a few men's idea of what humans should be, look like, and act like. At least 6,000 homosexual men were killed in the camps that we know specifically they were sent there for homosexuality and they died. It was mm-hmm. 60%. Most certainly thousands more who were never outed but fell into another of the Germans' prejudice categories. If statistics are proved true, and at least 10% of people are gay or lesbian, then hundreds of thousands of queer Jewish people died alongside their family and friends. And that number doesn't include anyone who identifies anywhere else on the queer spectrum. Right. So the Holocaust and World War II were a devastating loss of life, but also a loss of culture, of faith, of education, understanding, of humanity as a whole. We will never truly recover from what those 12 years did to our earth. We must always remember that tiny steps of hatred and depravity often result in miles of progress lost. In later years, the LGBTQ movement would reclaim the pink triangle as a badge of honor and as a reminder of what can happen when we do not conform when we, when we do not confront hate, when we stand by in silence, because in many cases, silence does equal death. There are still 78 countries where homosexuality is illegal. Many of these countries have, ha- have harsh prison penalties and even death sentences. There are also countries where homosexuality, homosexuality isn't officially illegal, such as Russia, but the violence is just, a brutal, just as brutal. People are being taken away, thrown into the back of their... Uh, captors cars and never mm-hmm. seen again yep we still have a long way to go yeah there's still i mean their concentration camps for queer people have sprung up all around i mean um in cuba there were concentration camps like in, in all and like we said in russia it's not even illegal to be gay but we also know it's illegal to be gay like, right it's so ridiculous that they're pretending that they're um that they're not doing this. We know that there are camps in Russia, mm-hmm. work camps, where homosexuals are being sent and where they're being tortured and where they're being killed. And this is why it's so important that you have to stand up to people. You have to say, hey, that's not right. And uh, we were actually talking about this before the episode, but don't attack these people and come at them in a very aggressive manner. Um they need to be educated. Uh, depending on who they are. Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. If they're an outspoken Nazi, fuck them. Fuck them. But if there's some random person who said, you know, I don't really agree with this or that, you maybe they're an asshole. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just need to be educated. Yeah. People are from different walks of life, have been exposed to different things, and come up in different backgrounds. And as queer people, it's our job, shouldn't be our job, but unfortunately it is, to educate these people and... You know, they need to they don't perhaps they don't understand. They they didn't 
grow up as a queer person. They didn't grow up around queer things. They don't know. So to them, it seems foreign and strange. And maybe they don't understand how impactful the things they say and the things that they they believe are. Yeah. And a lot of people are willing to evolve and um, change as people mm-hmm. if they get the information and you come to them and you explain to them and you teach them. It might not happen right away, but if you're kind to these people and if you talk to them, they can change their ways. Yeah, it really is. I mean, because I hear all the time people are like, it's not my job to educate. There's Google. You can Google. but I And I get that in an extent, but also like... I feel like there's plenty of people that come from backgrounds and families where they don't, they've never had to actually educate someone. And I come from a background where I've had to educate a lot of people in my life. And I could have said, fuck you, use Google, but I don't know if they would have come around. And also, I always remember that 10 years ago, I was the person standing in the, in the courthouse fighting against gay marriage. I was a person and I was, this wasn't just that I was brainwashed. Like I meant the things that I said when I hurled slurs at, at queer people, when I told them to die and go to hell, I meant those things. My hatred for queer individuals was very real and I had no understanding. And if I had left the church and people have been like, fuck you, you're just a homophobe and a bigot and you can die. I don't know where I would be. I, w- I certainly wouldn't be here educating you today. So to say that it doesn't pay to educate people, I don't agree with that. You could, you don't have to do it. It's certainly not your responsibility. But if you have the patience and the love to extend that to someone else, I think that for most people to go a, a, a long way. And there's people where it won't. There's people where you have to say, fuck you, like stand in their face and, and tell them we're not going to listen to your hate. But the majority of people, I believe, just need to be educated if you've never had to deal with something you don't understand the impacts of anything that happens to those people exactly if you've never been exposed to it you don't know you just don't understand what they're really going through and a lot of people are much more empathetic than we give them um credit for yep you know so your recommended resource for this episode is the pink triangle the nazi war against homosexuals by richard plant and uh, that was the episode for today. Yeah, that's the episode. Yeah, so check out that book, um, uh, Nazi War, uh, The Pink Triangle by Richard Plant. It's really, go- uh, really good. Uh, we have all your resources, which you can also check out as well. There's the Pink Triangle Organization, which is actually the first resource on there that like talks about this. And they also keep track of um, what's going on in the world in regards to gay rights. Um, and it's like the concentration camps and where it's illegal. Um, yeah, it's a good episode. Really important. Um, also guys, if you want to shoot over to our Patreon and check out, we still have our bean boozled challenge on there. We have, um, a tour of our studio and we'll have a couple other videos that, that are up there that will be up there. Mm-hmm. So if you want to check that out and support queer arts and queer education, we would appreciate it. So, uh, stay queer. Don't get a lobotomy. Don't have your balls. That was terrifying. I plugged my ears when you read that part because I'm I couldn't sorry. Do it. Yes, yeah. Don't get a lobotomy, which just means uh, stay the way, f- fuck away from these homophobes. Mm. And we love you, our allied hookers. Oh, well, sodomites. And our proud homocrats. And our proud. Yes, we love you all. Stay queer. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash Your Queer Story.
And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.